Hey, good morning. Uh, my name is Brian. Welcome to Crossroads. Thank you all for being here. I wanted to call you out on something first. When Tim asked you how you were doing, everyone said good. Is that true? Okay. Just wondering. Oh, awesome. Okay, good, true. I heard a wonderful before. Um, I wanted to just uh, call that out, I guess, because you know I want us to all know that we're family here. Tim says this all the time. We're family here, and this is church, so we, uh, I understand when it's a kind of a callback and we're asking how you're doing, everyone's going to say good, I get that, but I want you to know that we love you and that it's okay to not be good sometimes, and um, especially the topic that we're going to be talking about today is, is kind of in the political realm. The, the political things can be a little bit dicey sometimes, and, and hopefully we can be okay with talking to each other about uh, disagreements about things or the way we see things, and hopefully we're going to attack it together biblically um, and get to a place where we can love each other through differences that we see in, political, in the political realm, in the church realm. So I know everyone's good this morning, so I'm not talking to you, um, but anyone that does have any sort of uh, question, any, anything that goes unanswered after the message today, any, anything that's eating away at you, um, whether that has to do with the political world that is swirling around us day to day, or any other life issues, um, Crossroads stands ready to listen, to help out with those things, with, with counseling, or with just, with just talking. So let us know how you're really doing. Um, hopefully that's good, and just know that we love you. So with that, um, we're, we'll get into the message and start with a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, so many good words in the uh, music um, that we heard this morning. Um, we really can only imagine. It's so incredible to just even try to think about the glory uh, that we will experience, um, God, that you currently are, but that we will get to experience in full someday. Um, but help us to realize that now. Help us to, to know your heart, to live your heart, and to be honest and truthful with, with each other about where we're, where we're at um, with, with whatever the topic is, God, we know that you see us, and we want to be able to see each other too as we work together in this body to corporately worship you and lift you up. And God, we hope that that is exactly what we're going to continue to do through the message that Bill's going to bring. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm good. Oh, wow. I'm outstanding. Right. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Bill, and uh, we have a challenge today. Uh, last night, for those of you who weren't aware, I talked an hour and two minutes. You know what that means today. I better be talking fast. We're going to lose people. But I did talk to the hospitality crew. They have air sealed the donuts so they will not get stale. So that which was worrying you most is taken care of while we're going to be doing this. But I will be moving fast as I go through it. Uh, many of the verses that I'm going to use uh, aren't on your handout outline, but they are online. A lot of web addresses to go to are also online. So let's get started. We're continuing our series, Guilty by Association, where we ask the community, uh, what issues should the church be addressing today? And we got feedback, blastback, incredible responses uh, not only from the congregation here, which were pretty mild, but we also had ended up on an atheist website. So they blasted back. Uh, over in a couple of hours, we actually took it down. We had more information than we could deal with. Uh, most of it 
was problematic. We, we have a problem. I started this, for those of you who might be old enough to remember, uh, an Apollo uh, 11, or excuse me, Apollo 13, when they were uh, up in space, they were supposed to land on the moon, they had a tank explode, and for, for like three days, the United States was praying, was hoping, gathering together as we were listening to them, uh, with all probability that they were going to die on their way back, and we would be able to hear that live on TV. It was a really dramatic time. I was in Vietnam, uh, so I didn't get to do the TV thing. Uh, but uh, everyone prayed. They came back. They did survive. Technology gathered together. People from all over the world were feeding and trying to help bring these astronauts back safely to Earth. And uh, some of the amazing things that took place, miracles. Watch the movie uh, if you're under 30 or 40 that don't remember that particular incident. Uh, okay, national prayer took place. So what we've gotten is an announcement. Church, we have a problem. We have a problem with public image. We have a problem with the way non-Christians see us. So the, the encouragement today and in this last series has been to remind ourselves that there's a watching world out there. Uh, each week, we've looked at this. We know we have problems. I mentioned a book, Unchristian, which I encourage everyone to read uh, that is there. But church attendance uh, since the 1950s, or 60 to 70 percent, is now down to 40 percent. Uh, this tracking information, and even now, Christians, Christians who are all in, biblical Christians, you know, we, the numbers we go back and forth anywhere from 2 to 8 percent, maybe six, whatever it is, very small number of biblical Christians. And the problem with that is obvious that uh, people see us and they come back with things. So we did this series and this verse, don't take the verse at the top lightly. It says, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The Lord will not hold us guiltless. When we say we're a Christian, we're taking the name of the Lord. That's a little Christ is what Christian means. So we're claiming we're little Christ. And so we go out in the world, and the goal is to live like Christ lived. And the feedback that we're getting in many attitudes, it, it, we're not living up to that. Each week we did this. First week, theology is one of the most important things that we know as we examine our lives. Are we walking in the study of God, the knowledge of God, the Scripture? Are we doing theology? First week, that's where we come from. Next week, sexual scandal, the biggest shame, I believe, that I, I sense in the community, those people who know, is what's taken place in churches in the area of sexual abuse, sometimes over decades. And even, even offenders transferred to other churches or their, their sins covered up. But we presented God's plan for sexual purity. Trump's the world's altogether. Uh, Next week was haters. It wasn't that we hate, they, the thing, they think we do, and they hate us. So it's just back to this hater, back and forth deal. How do we deal with that hostility? Last week, Dion did history, went back to history where the church did well and where it didn't do well, where it failed. This week, we're taking on a non-controversial topic, church and state. And I hope I, I, we could have had Democrats over here, Republicans over there, and we could have just glared at each other the whole time. But that's not what this is about. Here's the input that the culture gave us in our unscientific poll. Uh, 
And each, Christ, Christians are always about controlling people. Fear, hatred are the easiest way to do it. So they see us as we're manipulating people with hell, fire, and damnation. You're going to hell. And I've seen people who name the name of Christ yelling across picket lines in various outdoor public displays, and their faces are not showing love. So uh, Christianity has always been about controlling. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see more Christians combating the ones who try and force it on others. This next one I'll read, or not, I won't read. It's on, your, uh, on the outline uh, online. A soundbite taken out of context. But you take soundbites out of context, and you rejoice in the spin that you're able to put on it. And that's what they did in this particular case. Actually, uh, Senator Mike Moon was trying to come against. They were passing a bill to stop adults from marrying young children. So this guy got it just backwards. Uh, anyone isn't far right allowed to be religious, we kind of set ourselves Christian nationalism. We're trying to make the government Christian, make everyone, you know, that everyone follows our laws. Keep your religion out of government and out of other people's lives and bodies. Okay, those are not friendly responses, by the way. Uh, I, being a sensitive kind of guy, picked that up right away. Uh, so we're going to be focusing primarily on the church and state relationship. Why people have a negative response to it. First, acknowledging that Christians have made many mistakes in this area. We have come across publicly, if you will, uh, as unchristian, as, as living in such a way that Christ is not honored. You know, speaking for myself, as I looked at all these posts, I, I remember and I reflect back on presidential debates. And by the way, this is not a removed thing. They're starting this month for the Republican Party. We're going into an, another election cycle where all, many times the TV stations will all be covering presidential debates and comments about them on the various news sources. So I've watched those. And to be honest with you, I am totally embarrassed. I, I stopped. Because each person on that stage claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And then they stand there by their party platform and defend their party platform, advocating things that are totally against the Bible. And they want us to vote for them and give them the check that they're a Christian. And, and beyond the issues, the awareness of their attitude. You know, the Spirit of God says, love, joy, peace, patience. I have not seen that on the stage. One time in the last multiple Christmas, you know, uh, presidential campaigns, there was a guy named Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson got on the stage, and he showed Christ. Why did he do that? He didn't fight back. He didn't get angry. He stated his position. He stated it clearly, and it had a biblical basis. He didn't do that. He didn't fight. He was a Christian. So they, he got drummed out right there. And by the way, the next year, I wrote him in. Uh, thank you very much. Because uh, he was the only Christian that showed up on the stage. And so as we look at the, the, the political world, that we, we've come into a place that's absolutely embarrassing to be involved in each of these debates and things as we look at them. You know, even now, we're, we're looking at the policies that President Biden and President Trump, they're the leaders, by the way. Most of you are aware of that in what's going to take place. So let's, let's talk about the truth. 
as a nation, we're divided. This is not new data or information to anyone that is here. We are a kingdom divided against itself. That kingdom cannot stand. It cannot stand. We have a nice word that gathers it all together. It's called gridlock. Our parties have so engaged, it is a gridlock in, in Washington. Not in Sacramento, by the way, because we are so liberal that anything that side of the table wants, we get. But at the national level, there's gridlock. No real meaningful progress can be made. Even at the point of recently we tried to get our debt ceiling raised, and, and, it, and it almost turned into a catastrophe. Uh, kingdom divided. Why are we divided? Well, first off, Jesus is divisive. We don't like to say that. But Jesus himself is divisive. He came to earth, the Son of God, walking among us, doing miracles, healing people, doing teachings that just blow your mind. It blows mine every time I read them. I just read, again, the Sermon on the Mount today. Wow, what truth. He came and delivered that, but he said something. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, that's exclusive. He didn't say, I'm a way, a truth, a life. He said, I am the truth. And this year, 2023, to say, I am the truth, indicating that there's a singular, absolute truth is divisive in a nation that has been taught for 60 graduating classes from school by Abraham Maslow that their feelings define what's true and what's false. And so when he says, I'm the truth, everything falls apart. And he knew that. So he says, blessed are you when others revile and persecute you. As Christians, we should expect persecution. It comes with the title. Now, some are just not deliberately doing it, but they just discount us. But so often, we're going to find a persecution. We'll say this several times in a message. It's increasing. Very few people choose to follow Christ. The main reason is that they've never been presented true Christianity. They've been giving a washed-down, lukewarm, watered-down Christianity. Biblical Christians are all in. It's not a little the hokey pokey, take it in, take it out, that kind of a deal. No, it's 100%. I'm going to love Christ. Are we going to fail? Are we going to fall short? Absolutely. But we don't do it deliberately. We're all in. It's a narrow, hard road. And again, the percentages are dismally low. We have a, a brochure in the back. Uh, called Am I Heaven Ready, which talks about some of the deceptions in our country today. This distrust of the political system is all around it. We, we have trouble trusting our politicians. As a matter of fact, uh, there's, a, there's a 7% approval rate of Congress at this particular time for, for those in Congress. Those are not good numbers or encouraging in any way, shape, or form. So what's the good news? You, me, we're the good news. We're the light of the world. You know, we live in a very dark world. You and I are called to be the light. We, by our lives, by our teachings, by the way we conduct ourselves, raise our families, treat our wives, treat, 
just the way we work at work, any place we go, we're told that we're the light of the world. A city set on a hill, it can't be hidden. Uh, let our light shine before others so that they may see your good works. But who? Give glory to God. This is huge. When we go to work, it's a divine appointment to show God's love to other people. When, we, when, we're, when we're driving on 395, lights showing God's love in the way that you conduct your vehicle, not, not endangering anyone. We're told, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Every Christian is in the process of dealing with and overcoming sin. Our Sunday school class this morning, we talked specifically about that issue. The Christians are aware that we still sin. We still fall short. We know, the, we know we don't want to do it because it causes pain to Christ. It goes to the cross, all of our sin. So we strive as best we can to not sin. So we work on our salvation with fear and trembling. But here, God works in us through the Holy Spirit. To will and to work is good pleasure. And look at the result that we might be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked, twisted generation where we should shine as lights. Christians shining as lights. Because it's not coming from anywhere else. You know, the, all the, it's not coming from the web. It's, not, it's Christians living their lives in front of other people, inside a family, in community, to be able to do that. We are the hope of the world. We'll come back. I, I wanted to start with the hope. Because that's why we're here. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're to go out and to be the hope in the world. Now, I'm going to do some basics on government. This is going to be a civics, whatever that class is, 101, when you first got started. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about the basics of this country first, because that's where we live. We have the honor and the privilege, no matter what the woke movement, not the cancel culture movement, not the negative stuff that's put out, we live in the best country in the world. We'll defend that as we go along and prove it. But here's, we need to remember who puts governments in place. It's not an electoral, you know, village or anything else. It's, it's God. Most people have undersized God. Supersizing. Listen to his promises. The Lord establishes throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Not a sparrow falls to the ground without God allowing it or ordaining it. Nothing happens in this country, no leadership put in place without God either ordaining, saying that's what's going to happen, or allowing it to happen through his people moving, or as a result of reaping and sowing decisions that we make. Our country is aware of that. When we were founded, these truths we said are our founding fathers that are self-evident. That really, we're in, that everyone is created equal, that they're empowered by their creator, God, with certain unalienable rights. The founders of this country were Christians. Were they perfect? No. Are the woke people correct when they put back and say, well, they were doing this or they... Well, yeah, they were sinners. Like you. Like me. But they were striving, I pray like you and me, to not sin. And they put together a form of government that reflected the scripture, the Bible, and everything else that was put forward in the heart of God. 
how, if you could create, two countries were created by God. One was Israel, one was the United States. Now, since our inception, our constitution, our declaration of independence, we have been a model to the world how governments are supposed to work. It is still absolute truth inside of our country today. Every country is established by God, the leadership that's in it. And, and that's true out. Even those that are persecuting Christians now, God allows them to be there. We'll talk more about that as we go along. But God put a provision through our founding fathers to protect his truth, his church. I'm going to hit this quick, and I'm going to leave it up to you to do the homework. The First Amendment tells us, this is, this is the Bill of Rights. These are the rights that were given to us by our Constitution. Shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. You, the government cannot establish a religion. We fled from a country that had established a religion, and it was connected and run by the state and in the state. You see it all over the world. Uh, our government cannot prohibit the free exercise of any religion. You see, as Christians, we're not afraid of having multiple religions. We, we, we've got a, a, a mosque in town. We've got all these various belief structures that are here. Christians allow that. We encourage it. We should defend everyone's right in this area. We should do that because this is arrogant. Ready? We're right. And if we live like lights in this world, people will see that and be drawn to us. So we're not afraid of other churches. We Please, give them freedom of religion, freedom of speech, peaceable assembly, please. There's a letter, and I'm going to just point you in the direction. There's a website on your bulletin. And if it's not on your bulletin, it's on the website. Go look at it. It's the actual letter that established the term separation of church and state written by Thomas Jefferson. It is clear to even a brain-damaged Marine that he was saying that the government can't mess with the church, but the church is free to interact with the government. The first act of the Continental Congress that put together the uh, Bill of Rights was to give thousands of buy and give out thousands of Bibles. I don't think there's a separation of state. Make no confusion about that. Uh, the First Amendment uh, talks about not making it. It's the establishment. Now, your choice in what you're going to believe. Are you going to believe that the government can mess with churches or not? It ultimately depends on our worldview. If we go at it looking like our wisdom is our, our secular worldview, presupposition that denies the evidence, the existence of God or supernatural forces, then you're going to say that <laughs> religion can't, we can control them and keep them under control. A lot of people that had the input in that survey would want us to be muzzled. Christian worldview recognizes the existence of God. He establishes authority. So it, it is the hope that you read that and, and, and come up with your own conclusion. Uh, please, it's critical to where our nation is going. And in a while, we're going to talk about resisting authority and when and how to do that. Now, why is it important to believe and follow God? God establishes nations. Why is it important? It, again, I challenge, I'm assigning a lot of homework. Deuteronomy 28 is a very simple passage, like 65 verses. Well, not so simple. 
65 verses. The first 15 verses says, if you follow God as a nation, these blessings will come upon you. You will have abundance of food. You will win wars and defend yourself. You will live in safety. Your families will be united and stay together. All of these things are promises. You will not go into debt. You will not owe other people. This is the reality of following God in a nation. And please look at the United States from its inception and even before, really, uh, up to the 1960s, 1900s, 1960s, somewhere in that range. We were blessed beyond belief. Freedom that the whole world was jealous of. So this is the fallout. The second half of Deuteronomy 28 says, if you don't follow God, here are the curses. Sickness, tumors, uh, division, strife, lose wars. We may have, we are the most powerful nation in the world, but in our last outings and wars, we have not had a victory since World War II, a total victory, unconditional. We haven't. Matter of fact, we've had some very humiliating experiences, including uh, what just happened in Afghanistan. The last part in that is that if, you're, if you reject God, you're going to borrow money from other people. Other nations will own you. The, the description the Bible gives is they will be the dog, you will be the tail. It, no offense, my, my puppy's here today, uh, about the tail wagging deal. Uh, I always have to kind of gear my messages to what he can handle. Uh, so, uh, this, now here's, here's how God blesses the nation. You want to give a Christian vote? Here it is. Here's the vote. It's not a political statement. It's not a political party. It's my heart and your heart. You want this country blessed? You have a heart for God. You seek holiness. You seek righteousness. I, the Lord, I search the heart. I test the mind to give to every man according to his ways and according to his deeds. And that is cumulative for a nation. That is cumulative for a nation. A nation that seeks and loves God, God blesses. We each vote. It's not, <laughs> it's not removed out there with some elite group. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to strongly support those whose hearts are his. We're voting. If we faithfully obey the voice of God, then he'll set you high above all other nations. Don't be deceived. All this political wrangling and foolishness that goes back and forth, God looks at hearts. Our God is not mocked. You don't make fun of him. You don't put him aside as a joke. You don't forget. You don't ban him from public entry. You don't ban. He rules. Your vote is your heart. You want this nation blessed? Use your heart. Very straightforward, very simple as we do that. Okay, that's, that's the promise that comes at us. That is our vote that we, that we get to honor God inside of us. Now, where do we go from there? What, what kind of a government do we want inside of our uh, country at this particular time? Be careful to do what he wants. God is watching our hearts. Now, what happened to our country? Generally speaking, we turned from God. Now, I don't think there's any surprise to that. 
You can't say we haven't turned to God when you ban him from the schools, when you do not allow public prayer, when you go to different places that if you have a Bible on your desk at work, even on the base, they can say, well, that's intimidating. Take that away. You can't wear the Christian shirts. A lady tried to go to a high school uh, with a cross showing, and they said, no, you can't go there. This, this is removing God from each of it. The Supreme Court, over a period of time, has, has started to implement the teaching of uh, evolution, vice's, vice creation. That was 1947, 1960. Absolute truth was taken out when they started teaching uh, the, uh, the idea of uh, personal truth that came out in a, a program called Values Clarification. 1985, prayer was gone. 1980, they started to introduce uh, gender-affirming policies inside of the church. And, and, and understand, I'm not yelling or ranting or raving, and uh, I don't hate either party. I don't. I don't hate either any lifestyle. I don't. Because the goal is to love others where they are, so that they might come to know Christ. But inside of our country, we changed the triangle that we had earlier with God ruling and reigning. We have established a new God in our country. It's the God of self. We have been taught and educated under the uh, spiritual principles of Abraham Maslow that there's a way that seems right to a man. It's, if, it, if, if it's your feelings. Don't, let, don't, don't worry about what God said. If, if there's no absolute authority, then I am the authority. We live in the culture of self and the worship of self inside of our lives. So that's the, that's the situation that we sit in now. That's the new reality that's there. Now, Jesus Christ has a kingdom. Jesus Christ has a kingdom in this world. And it, it's the same triangle with a different leader on it. Jesus Christ runs our kingdom. You, you know, we live in the world, but our citizenship is in heaven. It's the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ rules. Uh, how do we get into the kingdom of God? This, this parallel reality? Well, we have to be born into it. Same way we were born into this physical world. I have to be born again spiritually to live in the kingdom of God. It's a very straightforward but clear requirement and invitation. We have access in one spirit to the Father. So we're no longer strangers or aliens, but we're fellow citizens in a new kingdom. Christ followers, we're in a nation ruled by Christ. Christ is the cornerstone. Uh, we're the Jesus said it clearly. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But you're not of this world. A lot of trucks, cars, and vehicles have N-O-T-S on the back. Not of this world. Not W. Not of this world. That's, that's the reality that Christ has put inside of us. So, so how do we move and, and how do we respond in the physical government that we're under? We submit to it. Why? Because God ordained it. God gave us the government that we deserve. Think about that. Our votes, our hearts, our responses to God defines the leadership in the government that we have. When God looks at hearts, he responds to hearts. 
Now, that doesn't mean in a country like China where there's 60 million Christians living undercover of fear of death and imprisonment and confiscation of all of their property, if their Christianity was known, God's aware of them, and he moves and protects them. Almost 3 billion people in our country today are under persecution, and inside of those countries, multiple tens of millions are following Christ, but they're under persecution as that takes place. But we are told to submit to the ruling authorities that are there. Submit to every human institution. Important to know, Romans 13.1 was written by Paul. Paul was ultimately beheaded because of his faith in Jesus Christ. He submitted to the ruling authority. Peter was waiting to be crucified when he wrote this next one. For the, for the, for the, be subject for the Lord's sake to all human institutions, even the one, the Caesar that was about, madman Caesar, I might add, that was about to crucify him. Submit to the government. Now, we'll give some exceptions to that in, in a minute. People, and we, we do this, we actually did pretty thoroughly one time, a voter's guide. I, I'm going to encourage you that you have a voter's guide. Every issue that the political parties will put forward are dealt in God's voting guide. Sometimes you'll have to sift and sort. Most times they're flagrant. They're right in front of us. But the Bible will make us fully equipped for every good work, including voting in this nation. And just to get it said, we should vote. In the United States, we are told, Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God. As citizens of this country, we are to give what is needed. That's an intelligent, thought out, prayed over vote to support what's taking place. We can't sit on the outside and go nana, nana, nana. It's not my fault. I didn't vote. We're called to vote. And God gives us the voting guide. And very important, and we'll, we'll get to this as we go along. He gives us not only a voting guide for issues, he also gives us a voting guide for candidates. I, uh, this is the hardest part. We're going into an election cycle. The nations, the, the political parties best are going to be put in front of us. It's challenging. Watch their performance in debates. Listen to their offhand comments. Look at their lifestyle. What are we going to see? Are they just honoring God? Because they'll all say, 99.9% .9 will say they're Christian. Very rarely will someone come forward and we do have, and, and because we're that country, we can have other religions openly serving in our main positions. But you have to look at what their life is, and, and I underlined them. If in the debates you see enmity, same word we get enemy from, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, and divisions, that person is not showing Christ. Now, does that mean somewhere down the line that we're going to get all of these and all of them are going to fail this test? 
and we have to pick one, you and God figure that one out. Because some people say, you didn't vote, so obviously you don't care. I, I encourage voting, but I, what's most important is vote with your heart, because that's what God looks at. And ask him and to lead you in whatever is best. Uh, look for candidates with love, joy, and peace. A good application is 1 Timothy 3.1. The requirements for church leadership are a good place to start when you look at a qualification for a national leader inside of our country. But understand, today and in the future, we're going to be persecuted. Simply because we're following Christ. It's, it's, there's a momentum growing inside of our country. It's just a, an indication, if you will, of the responses that we got from the culture. If we desire to live godly, we will be persecuted. But if we do that and we suffer for it, they say it's a gracious thing. Christ also suffered. And by the way, he gave us an example of how to do it. It isn't, a fact, it isn't the issue that we're going to be persecuted. We're going to have things come to us. But the truth is, it's going to happen. It's going to happen more and more. We'll talk about some of the things that are going to take place. Because there will be a time coming when we'll be asked to give what we call a pinch of incense to the governor. Now, back in the day with, with, with Romans that were there, they had a way of running their empire, which is great empire. They said that you can have basically your local government. They let some of the local people establish. And they also said, you can have your own religion. But they said something else. They said, once in a while, in situations, you will be called to give honor to Caesar. And so if, that, if, if they challenged you, you had to take a pinch of incense, the stuff that's offered at temples and, and at different places, and you take this, this pinch of incense, the, the pinch of incense, and you have to go and you have to put it, if you will, before Caesar. Here's the pinch of incense. And God says, when they tell you to do something that violates what God has told you to do in his word and in your heart, he says, don't do it. Don't bow to, to a command to do something that God prohibits. No other gods before him. The government is not God. Your boss is not God. Whatever authorities that you sit under, they're not God. If, if and when they tell us to do something that dishonors God, don't do it. Will there be consequences? Well, absolutely. Jesus was clear, and he made it really easy for us. Not really. He said, don't fear those who can kill the body if you don't worship. Uh, they can't kill the soul. Fear him who can destroy both. In other words, you have a choice between fearing natural governments, leaders, and people in position of power, or fearing God. At some point, I may be not around when that happens, but that's where we're going. The Bible clearly points that out. Uh, the trend of history in our country that's even developing now. It's the truth. So the question, if, if we're going to be asked to do that, and persecution is going to come up, how should we respond? How sh how, 
How should we respond? Well, we should do it the way Christ did it. We should submit. When do we rebel? When do we say no? And on what issues? For churches, no compromise. Laws are going to be passed that will very soon make it hate speech to quote the Bible accurately. If we start saying that Jesus is the only way, or we start saying there's only this lifestyle is against what God would want, then if we start preaching that, they will close the church. We will have a law, and it's going to be called hate speech. And it's already, it's going to be public, and it will also against the churches. What's the response? Preach what the Bible says. If they close down the church, well, then we're in good company. Uh, the majority, overwhelming majority of Christians in the world are in that situation right now. Preaching the truth, they're underground. Churches are meeting underground. They're meeting in secret to be able to do it. Continue to preach the truth to people. Bring it out, no matter what. Put away falsehood. Speak the truth. Uh, but not in anger. Never in anger. People will not endure sound doctrine. That is actually today. So much of the church, even the, Christ, the called Christian church, don't preach the truth. For individuals, for, for you, when should you say no? This is an individual, personal choice. What is going to be your pinch of incense that you're supposed to offer? Test every spirit, whether it's here at this church. Test us. Please test us. Test the work environment. Test all areas. If you're being pressured or pushed by social desires, economic needs, or whatever it may be to do something that violates your personal direction that God has given you, Say no. Don't do it angrily. Do it in love. Uh, there's a lot out there in the world currently right now. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things that, that you might want to draw the line on? One of them that is parents' rights. Parents' rights are being taken away. Uh, they're taking people out of the home if they don't support. The, 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 some of this uh, academic environments, if your children are there, they can go have a medical procedure against your will because they feel that they can choose that procedure, whether it's an abortion or gender-affirming uh, surgeries. Uh, they, they can arrange that, and that can happen, and you'll never know, except for the results that take place. They're, they're feeling and, and taking control. This is a huge deal. That's, I, I'm a total advocate of, for those who can, homeschools. If you're not homeschooling, uh, first off, if you, if you have any interest in that, we have multiple people who will sit down and talk to you and guide you into a path that can actually meet and, and be part of your lifestyle. If you choose, and we have many good godly parents who have their children in public education. Many have chosen ops so that they still have a lot more control. Or if they're in the public schools, getting the indoctrination that's there, be prepared on key issues, whether it's evolution versus creationism, that you talk about that at home. 
personal truth versus absolute truth that God offers. Make sure they understand those principles. When they talk about our country, make sure they know the truth. Go to each of the agenda items that they have. You know, I've got to say this. Uh, Sally brought this in. This is, this is McGuffrey's reader. Uh, up until, I believe, 1960, was the, our kids in school were, were taught biblical principles. They learned the alphabet by biblical verses. This started with the New England Primer. It moved through uh, Noel Webster and his teachings that took place, uh, and the McGuffrey Reader. These, <laughs> so it, protect your kids in those environments that take place. So, so is that going to be it? Or if you live on a base or work on a base, if you're required or demanded that you give gender-affirming pronouns, will that be your issue? Just recently, we had an issue of vaccinations. Many people chose a religious exemption. It, bought, it fought its way through the uh, Supreme Court situation and, and, and is now not that big an issue, but we, we still had a religious exemption. Still claim that still stand on what you know is true and right if you're told to do anything that is not true and right. The, 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 the truth is that it's going to continue in many areas. Some things to help on your, again, on the outline is there's something called a Manhattan Declaration. There's a website, go read it. 2009, three issues you know, was, were brought out. And so go read what those are. Uh, it's freedom of religion, parenting, and, and the family. So go look at those issues that were brought out uh, and see where you are. What, is, what does all this mean? Well, what do we know? We know that we live in the greatest country in the world. We know that we have a problem inside of our nation. I, I don't think that's hidden from anybody that, that can look back and see that. We have to remind ourselves that God is still the sovereign ruler that rules and controls all things. We, we have to remember that. We have to think about this pinch of salt or incense that we're supposed to give. Be in that close personal relationship with Christ so we hear his voice. Finally, remember that we're the light. A light shining in the darkness, and the darker it gets, the more Christ followers are going to stand out and draw other people. Be the light. Which join me in prayer? Father, we thank you that you're the sovereign, ruling God, and that you will guide our steps, you will give us the wisdom. To, to honor you in everything that we do, to be the light, and Lord, but also to be sensitive to what's taking place around us, where we're being by public pressure, economic pressure, or something to compromise in some area. Thank you that you will give us the wisdom to respond in love and patience in those situations. We thank you that you'll do that. And Lord, for each person, speaking for myself, we want our vote to count, and the, that is the vote of the heart, that we are totally committed to you, that you might guide us and bless our nation. Pray in Christ's name.
Amen. Amen. Okay, homework. Next week, we're having a message, the last one, and this is called Grab Bag, but inside of it, it's going to be an ask it. So bring questions, anything in this series, anything that you think about, text in the questions that you have, or come and, and bring them, or fill out a piece of paper, turn them in. Uh, thanks for being here. The donuts are still fresh. I only went over two minutes. <laughs>